listeners, this is Marsha Epstein at the dining room table in Lawrence, Kansas, recording Talk With Me with a guest actually in the room with me, which doesn't happen very often. Um, I will say that this guest comes to us in mid-November, thanks in part to our mutual friend, Michael Deeker. I actually saw my guest before I got to talk with him because he was in Michael's play Run, the musical, which was powerful and beautiful and funny and sad and everything you can imagine with fantastic costuming and music. And you know, we need to have that show performed again, but that's another topic. I want to welcome Tim Burns. Hey, Tim. Hi. Hi. Hi, people. <laughs> this is, this is, I, I love that. Okay, so what do I know about you from <laughs> before? You know, okay, so I work as a therapist. So I loved, I loved, loved, loved the role of the therapist part in Ryan. It was really fun. And it's one of those things that I, uh, I find myself more often than not, mainly because of my stature, I don't get to play really serious roles. Oh. And oddly enough. Um, and that was, I, Asked Michael had uh, asked me to perf uh, to read that uh, the first read through, and uh, I really just connected with that character. Yeah. I, in in my personal life, I've a lot of times I've had friends who have come to me for advice on various uh -huh. things. I don't know if it's uh, apparently I have a, a somewhat father-like demeanor, um, and I just really like being able to just kind of sit down and talk more deeply and try and figure things out with people. Uh huh. Um, in life. So I, that character in particular is just one that I, I really enjoyed being a part of. So it was really a lot like you. Mm -hmm. And to me, as somebody who's unfortunately accustomed to seeing people really kind of botch and bash the work of therapy, make fun mm -hmm. of it, those kinds of things, you know, I was, and, and not that I'm surprised because of mm -hmm. knowing Michael, but, but I mean, the, the character and the relationship that developed was to me so beautiful. And I will say, and this is not as praised, your your portrayal of that brought me back to a scene that scenes that I love in the movie Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams. That you know? Is a huge compliment. Yeah, and I, I mean that. that. I mean that because that that touches me deeply because sometimes we're so afraid to really be with people, mm -hmm. to really show them caring whether it's in our real life or in, in, in the work of helping people as some kind of therapist. Right. And is that that is essential when done safely with people, mm -hmm. you know? Well, so it was beautiful, that it was beautiful. That role you did, it was amazing. It's like, oh, well, yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And that was really interesting because they uh, just talk, sitting down and talking with Michael about that character, because that character more or less kind of became, uh, was the surrogate father in, in yes. the show. Yes, yes. <clears throat> And uh, it's one of those things that it, it just being able to explore that relationship yeah. on a deeper level. Because I mean, if he is one of those people that he's the character is uh, this hard, like he knows what he's he wants to try and really get stuff done into, and that he really believes in that. Yes. In, uh, that the other character. Yes. And at the same time, he can be he can be a little a little tough and a little bit, yes. you know, saying like this is what we need to do, right? Yeah. Let's do this. But yeah. He can also be, you know, that kind of also hang back and be kind of friend and goofy dad, as yeah. like, and especially in the second act where he goes to like on the run uh, with my with yeah. the character, and yeah. he's goofy and very much like a just 
fun dad kind yeah. of character, but yeah. he's still driving like he has purpose in every little thing that he does. Yeah. And and the for me the believability is we're talking about Ron, but but your portrayal of that decision, how do I tell this person mm -hmm. that my health is going quickly and I'm not gonna right. be around much longer, you know? And and I mean I I I realize that that you know Michael through you know he puts he wrote the play, mm -hmm. but still it had to be acted in a way that was that came across as genuine, and um, I, I thought it was all beautiful. Okay. Seriously, goodness. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing that I had heard about you and know about you is that you're part of those goofball improv <laughs> theater people. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am very much a goofball in most of my life, so it's it's kind of a little, a little nice little family place for me. Uh, yeah, really connect with a lot of those people, and it's just uh -huh. such a joy genuine delight to be around them because uh -huh. even in like if I'm having a super terrible day or anything like that I can always count on you know going to improv and just being at those those practices and my spirits will almost lift immediately uh-huh and so huge shout out to John Robinson for oh, that the, the theater the guild theater performances on Fridays John and I recorded a podcast Oh my gosh, probably sometime in August or something. I, I think I actually, I actually listened to that one uh, okay. with John and, and Jason Teaser. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jason was here too. And then I, I host an event on World Suicide Prevention Day called oh, right. Word Save Lives, and several people from the guild came. Oh and yeah, did I was some improv sadly gone from that one, but uh, it was very cool. It was <clears> a great addition. I'm that big believer that you have to laugh every day. I agree. You know, not not like you pretend there's no bad stuff in the world because mm -hmm. there is more than enough bad stuff in the world to go around. But to be able to live a life that's meaningful, we have to recharge and laughter. To me, is part I of agree. recharging. <laughs> well, I agree. Like everybody has something that they find enjoyable or, or funny to an extent. So, and it, I I fully believe in the healing power of laughter uh -huh. because it is just such a it, it's uplifting. Like and it, if you, even if you go into a situation like I've gone into situations like your characters in improv where I was super grumpy and uh, just trying to hold on to that that characterization and something in the scene will just snap and make me break and I just can't stop <laughs> laughing and it's just it, it's a wonderful thing when you can't stop laughing uh-huh yeah yeah that's cool so I'm always interested in when people started doing these things mm -hmm. so so you have this obvious passion for acting in different ways from mm -hmm. the very serious to the comedic improv how did you get into that stuff where did that come from uh, for me i uh, i didn't really start getting into acting until my freshman year of high school um and i had just kind of on a whim like i, I had done when i was much younger and and uh, going to church and stuff we had done like you know little church plays and stuff which i had been a part of but once i got to high school i had decided on a whim that they were uh, that I would try out for the fall musical, which at that time was uh, Bye Bye Birdie. And uh, I played roughly like five different characters. Oh, wow. Um, because it's just, there are so many, and there's only so many people in high school that uh -huh. were super interested in being a part of it. And I kind of, doing that show, I just fell in love with with being up on the stage and with wow. being with those type of people, uh, because they're like I, I tend to find theater types to be very open, very very different, very very fun, but can, but very genuine at the same time. Uh -huh. you know, they're not they're not really afraid to to be themselves uh -huh. and to put that out there. 
And so that, that's what kind of spurred me onto it. And then I kept doing it for the next four years in high school and uh, wasn't sure what I was going to do after that and managed to get a, a scholarship, uh, a theater scholarship. And oh, it was just cool. like, and it was kind of a last minute decision. I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'll take it. I know how to do this. I'll just keep studying this. Interesting. <clears throat> and uh, so I just kind of, it kept going on from there. And so that, uh, once I got to uh, to college, I started getting able to do more serious roles. Because uh -huh. um, I think the first one that I did, my, my first college show was a Greek play called The Oristaya. And... Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. It's a it's a collection of like three different stories, and uh, I ended up playing this character called uh, Agistius, who um, his father Thyestes and uh, Thyestes' brother Agamemnon were going to be the successors to this kingdom, and uh, as a way of trying to usurp the throne, because I think Thyestes was next in line. Um, Agamemnon uh, had his kitchen people entice Thyestes' children into the kitchen where they were then butchered and put into soups ew, and, ew. and eaten, uh, as you do in a Greek kitchen. And, <laughs> and uh, my character was the only one who actually survived, and so he comes back years later um, during the Peloponnesian War and ends up shagging up with the queen in this whole elaborate plan <laughs> to get back at Agamemnon so that they can kill him and that he can be in control. So my first entrance in the play was actually coming on stage and then pulling the severed head of the king out of his hey. and just like declaring my dominance on this realm, which was, for me, it's like, and that was a super, like, I... Kathy Griffin got in trouble for doing that. True. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was such a different exploration of, because I'd never, like, up to that point, I'd never really played what, I'll, what I would consider to be, like, a huge, like, dickish character. <laughs> because that's what he, like, that's what that character was. Like, everything he did was about him. Like, there were moments where he was super mean, like, he would shove people or he would grab them and throw them down which is not in my personal life characteristic because uh -huh. i tend to consider myself a giant teddy bear uh -huh. <laughs> but it, it, that was one of those super dramatic roles that i just i i enjoyed delving into the characterization of something that's so much so different from myself uh -huh. um and also while i was in college i started doing a little bit of improv because we had a okay. we had a class and so that's where that kind of started coming into play. Uh -huh. um, and it just kind of, uh, the improv kind of went away for a little while when I uh, went on to university. And then when I moved here, after I graduated from college, um, I, I knew nobody with the exception of my roommate. Uh -huh. um, and I had gone to, I knew that I, I wanted to get involved in the theater scene because that's, that's A, just what I love to do, but mm -hmm. B, it's a great way of meeting people and networking and uh -huh. just, getting it straight into the community. And so I had auditioned for a show at Theater Lawrence. Um, didn't get in, but I had met a guy who was, who had been going to the improv workshops. Uh, and he had told me about it and I decided that I wanted to give it a shot again. And so uh -huh. once I start, once I went, I, I just kept going. I, I, I had not stopped. Interesting. Um, I need to, I, I need to say out loud and do it. I need to, one, I, I haven't yet been to a full performance, and two, I need to come to one of the workshops. I have a friend, Uta Walters. I don't know if you've crossed paths with her. Uh, she's possibly. from Germany, and periodically she's in Lawrence, um, and she, I know that, that John and other people know her, mm -hmm. um, but again, she's, she doesn't live in this country anymore, but, um, and she's also a social worker, and she, and that whole thing of, of, 
being in the moment. I mean, mm -hmm. I so believe in that. And and I my my imagination of improv is it's so in the moment, even in a different way, because it's also public. You right. Know? And and you have to let go of that. And and, mm. and then I'm I think about that. I haven't gotten up, I guess, my courage yet, but but my my notion is that that sounds like a really awesome personal experience, you know? It really is, and it's, uh, I know for me personally, it, one of those things I, uh, coming from, uh, I have a degree in theater to uh, doing improv, which there's no, I mean, there's training involved, but you don't really have time to delve into characterization. Mm -hmm. You're just that character immediately. Yeah. Um, that for me is probably the hardest thing about it, but... <clears throat> I love being able to kind of throw away all inhibitions and just uh -huh. being able to, you know, not be afraid to do whatever the scene requires. I think uh, last week sometime I ended up doing a scene in which uh, I was, uh, we were working on certain uh, either uh, vocal things or physical things. And I was asked to lead with a different part of my body. Uh -huh. So I ended up leading with my stomach and I became a pregnant lady uh -huh. just walking around the scene. And that became super like, I just kind of, uh, really became uh, this this lady and going through this thing with my husband in the scene. And I found out uh, Friday uh, at our last improv show, uh, back talking with one of the other uh, improvers, and she had said after seeing that scene, like apparently, I guess the way in which I did it, it struck a chord with, I guess, the other women who were in there because it just like the natural thing. I think, I think at one point uh, the guy in the scene had told me to go make him a sandwich or something, which I said that, I will do something else entirely. Like I'll make you eat something else. I'll make you eat something else. Like I will cut it off and make you eat it. <laughs> it was just, it's such a, and it's, it's stuff like that. Like I would never do that in my life. I would never be like, I will just, like I will, I will but a cut, cut crazed you. pregnant woman might say that. Right. It's, uh, it's just characters like that that are just super wacky and bizarre. And, or even at that point, like somewhat real. Um, it's just such a delight. And it, it, it and it's often things like that. that I, I like. I don't quite remember exactly what I did. Like ten minutes afterwards, because it's right there, mm -hmm. and like I had no idea going into it. Much yeah, of life, yeah. you have no idea what you're about to get into necessarily. <laughs> um, I mean, you unless you can predict the future, uh -huh. but even still, yeah, yeah. It sounds so. How how does t that difference between you know you started with this classic Greek play that you do, and then you're doing the improv and then Ron had very serious things. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other roles that you've done like around here that people have um, seen? Most recently I uh, was Eddie in Dr. Horrible, or Dr. Horrible, sorry. I, I was also in Dr. Horrible uh, in uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror. Horror. Yes, for the second year in a row I Damn. got to play Eddie. Right. At Theater Lawrence, cool. Mm -hmm. Which was one of those roles that I, uh, for the first time I saw Rocky Horror, I wanted to be that character because uh -huh. I felt like my stature it lends itself well to being characters like that and uh actually a year before i moved to lawrence i saw my first live show of rocky and i went away saying i hope i get a chance to be that soon or cool. at some point and lo and behold a year later Very i got cool. to be when did you come to lawrence uh about two years ago oh, uh, so december years of okay. 2015. so yeah. two years ago almost mm -hmm. uh -huh. cool quite nearly but uh yeah i do a lot of different stuff um i've done Stuff at Peter Lawrence. I've done some uh, some short films for uh, KU students projects. I did one my first summer here. 
um, which was just like a silent type thing. Uh, most recently, I'm about to, we haven't uh, done my part yet, but I'm doing a video called Puppet Therapy. Um, I'll if I'm playing a the therapist again. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, it's the therapist himself is just a living puppet. <laughs> so, named uh, Dr. Fontouche, or, or I think it's Dr. Groucho Fontouche, which <laughs> is a huge love of the March Brothers that just, in my soul, uh, makes me happy. Yes, yes. Um, and the, the script is just really, it's really fun. Um, and I, I have no idea exactly what voice, because I'm not actually doing the puppetry, I'm just coming in and voicing everything. Uh -huh. um, when I went to auditions, they, they had me do like three different, I had done like kind of a, almost a Cookie Monster-esque style voice, and I did something else that's like, Back in the throat and high pitched, almost kind of nerdy. And then right before I left, they was like they had asked, "Can you try a German accent just for fun?" I'm just like, "All right." And they seemed to really love what I was doing. So uh -huh. I uh, I don't know what yet quite what they want, but I'll find out. I guess a couple weekends from now. So when and where will this production be? Uh, that one is, is it's a little film, so I think it should be done in within the month or so, um, or in December at least. Um, I, I don't know if they're submitting it to any festivals or not, but uh -huh. um, it's one of those that I uh, I had completely forgotten. I guess I'm getting paid for it, cool. um, which I mean I would do it for free. And uh, did you say whether did you say whose project this is? Um, the only one that I'm aware of uh, that I know on a personal level is uh, Amber Brown, who is actually a girlfriend of one of our improv members, um, and she's she's come to a couple workshops herself. Um, she's a film student at KU and. Uh, Cases, film students. Mm -hmm. When you when you mentioned that a woman was involved, I was thinking there's this cool film collective, Women of the Lawrence Filmmakers. My friend Christy Scanlon Dobson is part of that. Something else. Well, hopefully there's the potential for that in the future as well. Yeah. Because um, I, I just like to be in where that I can get my hands on. I uh -huh. like to be. Uh -huh. um, so. Ooh, what do you do to pay the rent? <laughs> theater degree. What do people do? That's a great question. Uh, no, currently I, I work for a company in Ottawa, Kansas. Uh, it's called uh, Calmar, which is a subsidiary of a larger company called CargoTech. Uh, what they do is that they make um, like big trucks and tractors and stuff. Uh, I'm on the paper pushing side, so I, I process warranty claims. Um, I help out with with recalls that when those come up, uh, and then. So you work in an office. Yes. Not my first choice. How do you how do you contain yourself? Seriously, like I'm supposed to deal with paper all day? Come on. The best way for me to do it is, uh, luckily, I don't really have to talk a whole lot at my job because it just the way I am. The, most of the job is pretty uh, repetitive, uh -huh. and so luckily they allow me to uh, listen to music uh -huh. while I do things, and that keeps me sane. Uh -huh. Because I've, I've had days where like I either forgot to bring my iPod with me or my headphones or something, and I had to sit there for eight hours doing the same thing, and I nearly went insane mm -hmm. after like four. So uh, the, there is one kind of saving grace is that I, I do occasionally get to change what I'm doing th throughout the day. Uh -huh. In addition to uh, part of the reason I was hired was because I uh, my other degree is communications, and so included with a focus more so in audiovisual work. Um, so I've done uh, some kind of how-to videos for the company. Okay. Um, and those just kind of help break up the monotony of do you, things. Do you put goofy things in them, or do they have to be totally straight? They're mostly totally straight. <laughs> Hopefully in the future I can do like a blooper reel or something where uh, things are coming up. I'll just be like Disney and put little subtle hints. 
You should not get to because people would pay more attention. They probably would. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So that's that's what I do for my. I'm I'm looking trying to find other options uh -huh. uh, for jobs here actually in Lawrence because it would be so much easier. Yeah. Um, but the the whole how do you <clears throat> how do you pay your bills and be an artist of whatever kind is mm -hmm. a huge challenge. I get that. So for me, it's just I do what I have to, and then as long as I have a job that allows me to keep my evenings free, then uh -huh. I will be mostly content uh -huh. because. 90, probably 80% of my time outside of work is spent doing rehearsals and, uh -huh. and other stuff, uh -huh. other artistic endeavors. So you pretty much always have projects going on. More or less. Like right now I'm involved in not only uh, the show that I'm producing, I'm involved in improv, uh, that short film. I'm also doing, uh, the next thing at the Guild is I'm in a parody scripted reading of, of Goonies. I actually play Mama Fratelli. <laughs> as well as Mrs. Walsh. Um, which is so much fun. <laughs> I love playing. Are you going to shave? Just curious. Uh, no. <laughs> no I, well, I didn't when I was playing Rose in, in Golden Girls. So. Poor Rose. <laughs> I love playing Rose. She's, she's a lot of fun. It's because she's, she's so naive in so many ways. Uh -huh. And just not quite there. But uh -huh. there. But, but she's caring. But she doesn't quite understand everything. Uh-huh. And this is just a really fun thing to do. To uh -huh. play. Uh -huh. um, and the flip side of that is I also get to play Scooby-Doo. So <laughs> and we do those. And that is a game of delight for me because I, I as a child was a little obsessed with Scooby-Doo. Ah. Uh, I still have a Scooby-Doo blanket <laughs> when I was a kid because it still works and it feeds my obsessions. <laughs> Um, and we haven't mentioned you've got a project coming up this very yes. weekend on mm. Sunday, the, the 19th. 19th of November. Correct. So tell us about that. So the show itself is uh, <clears throat> it's in the style of old time radio drama. Uh, so that entails um, I had to build all of the what are called Foley effects, so all the sound effects. Our lives. So I have like a, a, a walk board for shoes. I have a wind machine. I have uh, a little thing that sounds like a long creaking door or creaking footsteps. Uh, the sound of a curtain being, you know, drawn. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. Gunshots. Uh, so many different things that we've had to find uh, some unique ways to uh, to come up with those. But the shows themselves, uh, for my, for myself, uh, the show itself is also. Uh, a benefit for an area resident who is battling cancer. Mm. Um, it didn't start out as being that. I just had wanted to uh, bring the style of radio drama into the Lawrence community. Uh -huh. um, and I had spent, and I was pretty much right when I moved to Lawrence trying to find a venue to do it. And uh, when after I did Michael's show, I and had started going to those Broadway cabarets that they do as well. Uh, Taking stock Shout of the space. Shout out to Deja Brooks. Yes. Yeah. Also her. Yeah. Um, she's not yet to go to one of her shows because they're always on Thursdays. Uh, uh. No, no, no. That's Ms. Amanda Love. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. Ms. Amanda Love is Thursdays at the Jazz House. Oh. Deja oh. Brooks has done does the, the drag brunches and such. Oh, house. that's right. Okay, those are brunches. Yeah. I need yeah. to go to one of those soon. Yeah. I really want to. Yeah. Because uh, I've met her before. I haven't had the chance to see one of her shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's uh, it didn't start out as being that, but I found like the space, and because they seem to be open to being part of the community and, and bringing in new things all the time, uh -huh. uh, I had just kind of 
he sent him an email being like, would you be interested in uh, a show like this? And I, I um, had gotten in touch with their event coordinator, and I don't think many of them were really familiar with uh, this type of show being performed live. Okay. Um, but I think that they're, I think, I'm hoping that we'll have a big enough audience that it, I'll be able to do it again. I think it's really cool. Because uh, I just, I, I, from a very young age, have been in love with this uh, particular medium because um, <clears throat> with, you know, with books, all the words and stuff are presented to you, but it's mostly all in your imagination. Yes. On the flip side of that, with television, everything is presented to you and you have no mood for imagination, not right, really. Right. So with radio dramas and radio plays, it's that really cool in-between thing where the only thing that you have is just, just the audio. But, and it's not just, just you know, the script like you'd be reading a book. It's so much more because it's, it's an actual scene and actual, things are happening and, and adding in, you know, being able to add in like music underneath things and adding in the sound effect can evoke so much more uh -huh. in your imagination than just simply reading something or, uh -huh. or, or watching something. So it's that really cool intersection between those two mediums that sadly have, uh, has kind of w with the advent of television when that became a household item yeah. that went on the decline. And yeah. it, I mean, it still happens in like the BBC produces stuff uh, annually still, but in America it hasn't really, with the uh, exception of, it's kind of coming back up with podcasts a little bit, stuff like uh, Welcome to Night Vale, Panis, or The Black Tapes, uh, Throwing Adventure Hour, uh, stuff like that, and it's okay. kind of coming back but just not in the same way. Uh -huh. And to me, that's such a shame because theater of the mind can be so much more, can be such a, a powerful kind of media. Uh-huh. So is, is theater of the mind, is that the label for that genre of radio theater? I would consider it to be so. Okay. Right now. That's what, and, I, and I was able to, uh, I thank my parents for most of my tastes, but that's one of those that I remember uh, we were younger and we had had a, a set of cassette tapes that had some of those older shows. So it had like Abbott and the Abbott and Cassell program. It had Martin and Lewis, Jack Benny, uh, like stuff like Inner Sanctum, which I'm actually using an Inner Sanctum episode in my show. <laughs> um, and just sitting there being fascinated by, by listening to this. And, I, and I'm a, consider myself a huge film person. Like I consider a amount of my other downtime is spent watching uh, old movies mm -hmm. uh, or just film in general. But to me, there's just something fascinating about being able to listen to something and, and being able to close my eyes and up in my brain. Uh -huh. And that, that's uh, one of those things. And I, I think that a lot of people aren't really aware of how exactly those those type of shows were done with the exception of, I mean, they, they have a slight inkling, but they've never really seen it. Uh -huh. uh, with the exception, I know that uh, there are a couple of groups in Topeka that do it on occasion, um, but I don't think it's really been done in Lawrence. And so... It's one of those I, I, I wanted to bring into the Lawrence community. So since you have people actually building mm -hmm. these sound machine things, then do you envision this as a series that you will periodically? I would like it to break? be. Yeah. So this, this uh, in addition to this being a benefit, it's kind of a, a test for myself to see if the community is interested enough for me to be able to keep doing it. Uh -huh. um, and venues become an issue. Where where are good places to do things? Right, and the one that Miss Ellie seemed to be a very seemed to be one of the perfect ones to do it, just in terms of being them being willing to take a risk uh -huh. and um, let someone new in the community try something out. I thought about uh, Liberty Hall, 
Um, I haven't really said, approached them. How much them. money do you have to pay? Right. Yeah. And but doing, I think doing it as uh, like a brunch thing, which this is also a brunch, uh -huh. um, will entice people even more so uh -huh. because who doesn't have brunch on Sunday morning? So people can come. Maselli's is selling their food and drink. Yep. So so that compensates them for opening up their space. Exactly. Do this thing. Mm -hmm. People get to eat, drink socialize and then experience this cool thing right and to me it's just such a totally unique medium that uh -huh. just no one really tries to do it anymore like, uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm hoping to uh if i'm able to to keep doing it to start kind of uh bringing in uh, original scripts because uh -huh. right now i'm using authentic scripts from from the time period uh -huh. uh, one of them actually is an episode of and the one we're going to open the show with which is an episode of arbus brooks which was okay. uh it was a, primarily a comedy show that uh, Eve Arden was the star of, and the particular episode that I that I went with. Uh, not only is it thematically perfect for the performance because it's a Thanksgiving episode, uh -huh. uh, but the original air date was November nineteenth, nineteen fifty. Oh, sweet! Which also happened to be a Sunday, so we're performing that one live. 67 years later to the day cool which for me is just like as internally like i'm i don't know how excited other people are about that but i'm just like oh my god that's so cool <laughs> and so was the original a tv thing or a radio I think it thing? started out as a radio program okay. i believe and I, I guess it did become a tv show i haven't i haven't actually seen any of the tv show uh -huh. but uh, from what little i've listened to that particular show i, I have enjoyed it just because uh the character of mrs brooks she's very much She's kind of got that sarcastic streak in her, and uh, so she gets a lot, a lot of chances to do these, these little quips in, in between doing conversations. Um, and this one in particular has, in terms of the sound effects, uh, the sound effect of a turkey and a frog, oddly enough, <laughs> which is it's amusing to me. So I get the turkey thing, and the frog is there for what reason? <laughs> uh, this is part of the. This is, Part of that particular episode because the character has a pet frog, and I've made my my foley guys. They have to make those sounds. Cool. So, um, and I think it's just, especially the turkey, is just hilarious. Um, and I'm trying to have them also react to the audience of what's being said. Because there's a moment where they they mention uh, the turkey's name is Bernice, <laughs> and they mention uh, one of the characters mentions what's going to happen, and the turkey like hears this, and apparently can also spell. Because uh, they they say A X E, uh -huh. and so she reacts, and my guy has to go and do that and try and sound freaked out as a turkey, <laughs> and it's just this very bizarre thing. Um, but I I personally love it. Originally, I had actually done uh, was going to do an episode of Gunsmoke, but because uh -huh. uh, it's super popular, but the episode was just too much of a, a little bit of a downer. Uh -huh. um, but the rest of the episodes, I think, are really fun. I, uh, so we started out with Miss Brooks. Uh -huh. uh, then we're doing an episode of Inner Sanctum, which is that very eerie, uh, chiller, thriller kind of a show. Uh, in this case, about uh, a woman who was burned at the stake for being, uh, for accused of being a witch. Uh -huh. And so she comes back to take her vengeance. Uh, Good for the, her. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the final episode is an episode of The Thin Man. Uh -huh. uh, which I think that was actually... There was the book, and then the, the, I believe the film came out, and then they started doing a series about it. Um, with that episode, both, both the feminine episode and the eventual corpse one, or the inner sanctum one, uh, those are both ones that I had previously actually done in college, um, but there are ones that 
because no one has seen them or heard them here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that they have been successful for me in the past, mm -hmm. being able to utilize mm -hmm. and use this as a strength for the first time. But I think all those episodes are, are really funny, especially the, the Finman episode. Uh, and I've got some really fun people who are in my cast. Uh, uh, three or four of them are, are members of the guild, actually. Uh, so John Robinson is in the show. Uh, Jimmy Yolmeyer, who is one of our improvers, uh, he plays a lot more of my I hesitate to say, but creepy characters, or just just, <laughs> just just over the top characters. We'll put it that way. Um, originally, I cast him as Matt in Gunsmoke, but since we swapped episodes, uh, he's now become these kind of weird characters. Which I and he plays them so well. Um, I and mean, it's not like he can't do other things besides those, but mm -hmm. it, he's just too perfect for those roles. All right. um, and uh, I've got uh, see one of the, one of the other guild members, Josh, who is uh, Joshua Ellis, who is the uh, boyfriend of Amber Brown, who I'm doing yeah. that film for. Uh -huh. He's one of my Foley guys. Um, and then another member is doing uh, the soundboard because I've got music underneath shows and uh -huh. all this other stuff. Cool. And so it's. It's a lot more than people probably think yeah. in terms of because there's there's really no set involved because it's just chairs, the mics, and the foley table. Uh -huh. But everything else that goes into that, with the I mean, you have to build all the sound effects, with the exception of two or three that I didn't have time or capability of building, like an engine for a car. <laughs> um, those are digital, but everything else is is live. Nice, um, and it's just a, it's. I, I love this particular style, and I think. And one of the other things we're doing is also uh, doing things in period clothing, or or period style clothing, we'll put it uh -huh. that way. And uh, I think it's going to look really cool. Uh -huh. I think it's going to go really well. So it's exciting. Only got three. Re I have a rehearsal tonight, Saturday, and Sunday morning before the show, and that's all I've got left. <laughs> so the mental freakouts have been happening more frequently, but. <laughs> and so people can find details. Um, I'm going to say to me most easily is on mm -hmm. Facebook. Yes. LFK Radio Hour Benefit. Sunday, mm -hmm. November 19th. You can get the details there and ticket information. I'll link you over to the Maselli's website. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a blast. And there's uh, there's and also a Facebook. It's a benefit. Yes. Yeah. And there's a Facebook page for, for uh, just the LFK Radio Hour itself. Cool. As well. So. Very cool. So hopefully That's people come and we'll stuff. get to keep doing it more. Yeah. And I, I am a, one of those, I think, few people who is much more into reading and audio. Mm -hmm. I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love the Moth Radio Hour, true life stuff, uh -huh. you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, I love that imagination factor like you were talking about. Not so much a film person, which isn't mm -hmm. something that most like, what? You don't like <laughs> film? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't keep my attention. <laughs> right. for me, like, I, I like to visit more like the older films because there's a lot of stuff nowadays. Well, there's some great stuff coming out now. It tends to be more action oriented. It seems like rather than so sacrificing like story and characterization for for quick cheap thrills. <laughs> um, not that I'm a film snob, but I, it's just one of those things that I, I I enjoy exploring those older things. That because I'm so young. And I haven't, I wasn't around to experience those when right. they were coming out. I now have to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, don't have to, but I, I, I enjoy doing that. Yeah. So yeah. in many ways, I kind of uh, almost feel like uh, I've lived another life because of 
how much of those older things I've experienced is I've, I've talked to people who are easily twice my age or more and talking about this stuff and they're like, how do you know about this? Yes. You're so young. Like that, that was before my time even. Yeah. Like, I just was fortunate enough to find out about it. Yeah. That's a good uh, point. But one thing, and I know that uh, you'd mentioned part of the, the hook of this is that uh, between the uh, art and, and mental health, uh-huh. one of the things that I think is, is really cool about this particular uh, medium is that it doesn't matter what you look like or, or how you really process things like or whatever's going through you know uh-huh. however you are it doesn't really matter for the radio drama format uh-huh. you can still do as long as you're able to 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 voice what's happening yeah and be able to uh really put everything that that character is going through in just the voice alone it doesn't matter you don't have to look a certain way you don't have to be a certain way yeah but then that leads me to that other part which is well why are we so biased about what you know a certain person mm-hmm. in a certain role is supposed to look like which Who, what makes yeah. that a truth that's like no 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 mm-hmm. which know? i which i agree and as a large person i'm one of those that i don't tend to ever really be like leading man material because of because the hollywood standard that has been set forth since whenever we have that ridiculous vision that you have to be a certain body type or have a certain or have a certain yeah. Look a certain way in order to be, I don't know, that person in that situation, which is, it takes all different kinds of people to, you know, in the world itself, and everyone right. has their own situation and is able to, you know, for example, like romantic comedies. Yeah. Those kind of situations, maybe not like exaggerated those situations, but it's a, I mean, it, all different people have relationships and yeah. it is like, and what, jobs of different kinds and, right. and talents of different kinds. And, you know, it's like, it, it, yeah, that, that part I'm very, it's something that's very much on my mind and mm-hmm. the, the sort of I'm gonna say United States climate right now. Yeah. With so much open bigotry mm-hmm. and different ways that it's like people are people, you know, if somebody is a talented singer, actor, whatever, why is a person's race? Why is a person's gender? Why is, I mean, it's like, right. you know, all these things, mm-hmm. it's like, how, who, who, and I, and I think, I think just, I remember watching um, the film, as I said, I don't <laughs> think, but the, the original film, which I think is, is it Swedish, Danish, of the girl with the dragonfly tattoo. So oh, the I've production, I've seen that one, but. the production, the, the, production characters the actors look like regular people mm-hmm. they have different ages they have different body types they mm-hmm. have wrinkles they have you know right they're not and, that airbrushed and, kind of right and then you look at the american version and it's like everybody has to have this this whatever different mm-hmm. kind of look that it's like where why is that the standard in art in this right. country and it just it really doesn't make sense to me and especially with like when it comes to not only like physical body type, but like other physical attributes. Like no matter what, what race you are, what the color of your skin, it, that doesn't. Everyone is still a human being. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 to my core, I, I do not. I cannot grasp the concept. I don't understand how people can can see that somebody is that different or inferior based on a physical attribute yeah, because yeah. that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who's African American who has a degree from NYU and can hardly get a part in Lawrence, Kansas. It's ridiculous. Come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's that serious tension. There. Come on. Folks. Very much. Like there, there are moments where I'm just like. And that, that I think to me also says as audience members, mm -hmm. we need to voice to these different venues. Hey, I want to see more people. Right. I want to see people. I, I want, you know, I think about when I go to things, whether it's theater or poetry reading or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, restaurant, I would like to see a room filled of people that represent the random set of people who've ended up in Lawrence, Kansas because of the university or because right, their yeah. family is here or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like instead of that, a whole bunch of people who kind of look alike. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. And it would, I really wish we'd have so much more diversity in things. And that's one of the things that I think one of the, that's one of the nice things also about improv is that uh, kind of circling back to that, we do tend to, uh, we've had an influx every once in a while of, of people from from just different backgrounds, uh -huh. and it's just or just in theater in general. But that's it, one of the things I really love because anybody from any different background will bring something different to the table. Yeah, in in any production yeah. or anything that they do, you know. And in real life, you know, I think about things that you learn by bumping against assumptions that you have that you didn't even realize you had mm -hmm. until something happens that shows you different. Like one of my favorite little experiences, stories that was it's totally random, but just is one of those okay this is this so i so i i wasn't a good college student and <laughs> i didn't want to go back to college and i made this plan I budgeted it's like i could go to france i could spend no more money going to france for several months than it cost me to go to school for a semester and I that was for that real i mean i really like i would i really sort of researched this it's like for real i could do this you know, I won't be paying rent and I won't be paying tuition, but I'll be, you know, mm -hmm. to have some travel expenses. And yeah, I mean, I have to stay, but I, you know, so I made this plan to do this and, and had some really great experiences and had some scary experiences because mm -hmm. I was a young woman traveling alone, not having a whole lot of idea what I was right. doing. So, so I met this person and I went to visit in this person's home community and, and I'm walking to meet this person. And I'm aware that I'm getting way too much attention from men, and I'm not sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and my friend says, you're wearing those black tights, and that means you're a prostitute. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it means it's cold, and I thought that was easy, but okay, all right, thank you for explaining that. I guess I shouldn't That's wear a black tights. <laughs> At least to that part. <laughs> So, you know, and that, that's an easy one to talk about. But, I mean, there are lots of ways when we realize we think stuff that is has is no factual basis. Mm -hmm. It's just that kind of the way that, that we were introduced to things. And, and now we get to learn about them by right. interacting with people who mm -hmm. didn't grow up the same as we did. That's right. Absolutely. And art is a great way. I yes. It's a great way. And so I think, you know, as both of you, you and I have this very light skin, we have this opportunity to say, hey, let's bring other mm -hmm. people. Let's let's make noise about bringing other people yes. into things we're involved with. So that's that's very cool. I, I love the things that happen through art. I love mm -hmm. I love the way that people hear things that they certainly wouldn't seek out. Right. And maybe start thinking about things a little differently, mm -hmm. you know? And we need that. We need that big time. I feel I do feel like there's a lot of pressure on art mm -hmm. in this administration politically um, in terms of using art as a way to get people to think about things. Yes. Right? 
And I think that's, for me, that's the most important thing about art, or in terms of not just being in its entertainment form, but if you can leave like, uh, like a, a play in particular, or, or something like that, a performance that you don't, that, you know, that just makes you think about something. Yeah. Rather than, you know, you don't even have, it doesn't even have to be something that's super happy or something like that. Like yeah. just anything that, that can invoke either an emotional response in somebody or a re-examination of, of what yeah. you think. Because I remember one of the things that I was brought up in a uh, uh, Protestant Christian household um, and in that kind of almost conservative background. I'm, I'm much more liberal now. Um, but one of those things that I don't know if you're familiar with the play Corpus Christi. Um, so that particular show uh, was actually banned around the country um, by many churches and so it's probably not about the community called Corpus Christi, Texas, then, huh? Not really. <laughs> uh, I think it, it may be set in that, but the, the main just the place that it, it yeah. uh, the main thing and the main thing that made it banned was because it portrayed. Uh, in the show, it's not Jesus, it's John, mm -hmm. but it's that character and the disciples. But in this case, they're being portrayed as uh, being homosexual, which is perfectly fine. Uh -huh. And th that is the primary reason why uh -huh. it was banned, which is so stupid. Because having seen the show myself, it, and it goes through even like the crucifixion type thing. Uh -huh. And it's just jarring to see, like even just knowing that it's not really happening, that it's not like an actual crucifixion, but the way that the show progresses and when you leave it's it, i think it ends on the crucifixion scene which mm -hmm. i left the show just reeling in my own thoughts and yeah. trying to like re-examine everything i'm thinking about and i cool. love any shows that can do that like there's another one yeah. that uh, a good friend of mine who actually recently moved to lawrence uh that i met in college there's a show called uh dog sees god confessions of a teenage blockhead which is uh, basically the, the Peanuts characters later in life, like in high school. And they all have different personality types. So like uh, Pigpen has become like a germaphobe and is also kind of an asshole um, <laughs> in this particular in, in And got elected president? Is that what happened? <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> yes. Um, but there, and I think there's, uh, like there's a love triangle kind of between, uh, kind of almost between him and, and Schroeder and Charlie Brown. Uh, Patty and Marcy are... are at least one of them, I think, are they may have both be lesbians in this particular production, um, and there's just so many other facets that you don't really think about, like when they get into uh, that show. Because the, the way the show opens is that it's you know Charlie Brown had a pen pal that he would often write to. It starts out with one of those letters and finding out that uh, Snoopy he had, he had gone to see Snoopy one like gone into the doghouse and there was blood everywhere, and you find out that he had that snoopy had killed woodstock and that he was foaming at the mouth and he he looked like he, he's being described as being terrified and frightened the, the character itself like snoopy but because he has rabies it's this whole other thing so it's this really emotional uh, moment and there's a later on there's a moment later on the show where pigpen who's become a friend of charlie brown who, who was later on uh when when Charlie Brown and, and Schroeder, they, they have a night where they really connect. And I think, uh, I don't remember if they have sex or they just make out or something, but Pigpen, some, for whatever reason, becomes jealous and Schroeder just doesn't really want to deal with uh, those feelings because he doesn't, you know, in the world that they live in, that's not something that, especially in a small community, that he's well accepted or that he, he's mm -hmm. not sure about. 
And because he loves playing the piano so much, Pigpen character ends up cornering him and basically slamming his fingers oh. in the keys and breaking loose. I mean, there's a lights out at that moment, but you find out later, and I actually use the next monologue as a, a, a performance piece, but uh, he was taken to the hospital, and you find out later that the character killed himself because he could no longer he could no longer play the piano, which is what he loved to do. And it's such that particular show is just it's so rife with yeah. with all these different themes and all these different things that that, that, that leave you thinking about and, and give you this massive emotional response to characters that you know I, I grew up watching and reading the Peanuts characters, and mm -hmm. you don't think about obviously you don't think about that stuff because they're because they're kids, mm -hmm. but you know that that, that tends to be very human, very genuine, and very realistic in the sense that that could easily be the progression of these mm -hmm. characters. There's no way to know how their lives would, their lives would turn out. Mm -hmm. And it's such a fascinating way to delve into just thinking about things. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sorry, getting super serious again. No, but that's, um, that's important. And what a, what a great example of art being so thought-provoking mm -hmm. because I'm thinking generations, I don't know, decades, generations of people know the Peanuts cartoon strips, right. you know? They do. And, and they have do. some ideas about mm -hmm. those characters. But like you're saying, not what happened next. And so what a great thing to say, mm -hmm. let's think, let's these beloved children characters become people and and how do we want to look at that? How do we look at our own reactions to exactly. who these people are, you know? Because there's, there's no, you know, there's no way to know yeah. what someone's gonna do next. Yeah. And that's a very realistic portrayal of, of any kind of a situation. I mean, because yeah. you know, life isn't all, you know, happy and, and right. great all the time. I right. mean, there's, there's always ups and downs. Yeah. And but part of that, I mean, like one of the messages that I get in that is, is homophobia, but also internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can't play the piano and if maybe I'm gay and that's not okay either, and maybe these other things people don't know about mm -hmm. me, that constellation is maybe what leads me to saying I can't live it, right? You know, and so a lot to think about, and and mm -hmm. so there's that kind of power that happens in that case through a film. You said that's a film. It's it's a show. It's a, a show. It's a stage performance. Film. Okay. Um, I have sadly not been able to see a production of it yet. I've only okay. seen monologues performed, but uh -huh. I I I have a printed copy of that show. It's mm -hmm. just one of those that I I love to examine and think about, and I would love to put on at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's such a fascinating, you know, examination of, of, of life and of different situations yeah. of things that much more gritty life than, yeah. you know, and in the world that we live in right now, it's very much kind of that way. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Let's use art to think and also for fun. Yes. It's definitely also for fun. You just need that um, fun, you know, and. And that's, that's it, to me, it's not an either or thing. It's not like, well, I only want art to do this for me or this for me, mm -hmm. but I appreciate that. I know, I, I know for me in, in times that, that I consider pretty traumatic in terms of what's going on openly in our country, mm -hmm. um, I need things that make me laugh too. Yes. You know? And for me, that, for me, that definitely <laughs> tends to be, uh, improv is the best for me personally. Uh -huh. Like I said before, it, one of those things, no matter what kind of a day I've had, uh -huh. if I've had a really terrible day, uh -huh. that will perk up my spirits almost immediately because not only just being in a situation, um, 
I mean, being in the scene is much more laughter provoking for myself. Uh-huh. Uh, just, you know, trying to deal with those situations. And there are, there are pictures of me on Facebook of like on the cusp of trying not to laugh, being like, <laughs> because like, I'm trying to hold it down, but I just can't. I never, I've yeah. done some other stuff like I did. Uh, occasionally I do murder mystery improv gigs, which um, we, we go to a place and uh, most people know that there's something going to happen. They don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh-huh. But there's usually a theme, like most of the ones that I've done have been mafia themed. Uh-huh. And I've been like the lackey right-hand man type person. Okay. And there's one that I cracked so hard. I don't remember what it was that I did, but I just, like we were, it was up to, I think the, ac- the accusation part. And I was standing there and I just couldn't handle it. I had to turn around and I just kept laughing. <laughs> no, like, there was no escape. Because once that starts, especially the person who's asking all the questions, then they they will feed into that and make you laugh more. Yeah, which is more of a treat for the audience. Yeah, but there's just something about yeah. And I think sometimes that just happens in real life. Oh, I re- it does. I for remember, sure. and maybe it's you know people with weird brains like mine, but I remember <laughs> being at this very serious long social work workshop, mm-hmm. and I'm watching the presenter who I know and I respect. And he's wearing a cardigan and he's got kind of a monotone presentation. Oh no. And he says a, a things and the more he says, all I can think about is Mr. Rogers. And so <laughs> I'm starting to laugh to myself and I can't stop. And so I have to get up out of my seat because oh, no. I don't want to like right. draw attention that I'm laughing at this person who's <laughs> very respected. And so I'm, you know, walking out and, the, and one of the people who's staffing it, like, are, you know, are you okay? I was like, I just, I can't. <laughs> and I have to go out of the room and laugh out loud because oh, no. I can't stop myself. <laughs> that is wonderful. It was, it was perfect. And it was a little embarrassing, but it was <laughs> me. <laughs> right. No, I think we all have those moments. Like I, We all have those moments where we, we just have to like, we don't necessarily mean to, but as soon as your brain starts to yes. feed into something, yes. you don't stop yes. until yes. you let it out. Yes. One of my, one of my, best friends in the whole world I met through um, a different interaction related mm-hmm. to suicide prevention an annual conference that we go to and and she and I would be the ones we'd be sitting and then making weird jokes about things that were going on and one day I'm at the Raven bookstore and I see this card and the card has on the front of it this kind of 1950s looking woman it's a drawing but it's like the, her clothing mm-hmm. you know she's she looks kind of like this you know June Cleaver or whatever, oh, yeah. that kind of that kind of picture, and and it, and you open it up and it says, "If you don't have anything nice to say, sit next to me." <laughs> That's pretty great. I have a lot of friends who are that way. Yeah, which are great though. It, it takes it takes all kinds, and it's one of like I love being able to. Uh, Sit and talk. Like we're playing characters like that, or just like, and just talk about that kind of stuff and be, and be that way. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Oh, it's so much fun. It is fun. So I want to uh, let's let's get some reminders out here as as we wrap up the show. Yes. So first, this radio show benefit. Tell people a little bit more about that. When that is, where that is, how they can get to participate. And okay. Uh, so yeah, this will be uh, this upcoming Sunday, November nineteenth. Uh, it's a old-time radio drama brunch at uh, Maselli's Banquet and Catering on New Hampshire Street. 
Uh, it is uh, 20 bucks for a ticket and $5 of each ticket goes towards helping an area resident who's battling cancer. Um, and one of the things that I'm going to do, and I'll make the speech during the thing itself, uh, for those that are interested in the in the Foley effects and the sound effects, after the show, they're welcome to come up on stage and and look at those and maybe play with them a little bit and oh, figure cool. out how those work. Uh -huh. um, and so that'll be this upcoming Sunday. Uh -huh. um, so that is happening and, and hopefully becomes a periodic event mm -hmm. where you do that kind of radio drama. I'm hoping so. Yeah? I'm yeah. hoping eventually we'll be able to do Christmas episodes. Ah, uh, that'd be fun. Because there's so many good, like there are versions of uh, Christmas Carol and other ones that would just be a blast uh -huh. to do. Uh -huh. um, and the Christmas story movie comes to mind. There has to be something yes, like that. Yes, there, there has to be. If not, we can make it. <laughs> now put your eye out. Oh, man. Love that. And so, and then about the Guild Theater, there's people can get involved with yes, improv um, workshops. and They can come Wednesday, Wednesday nights are uh, open to anybody. You feel free to come in and uh, just play play around with us. We, we like to, it's open to anybody who wants to come in. Yeah, you don't have to pay for it. Um, and it, it may seem it may seem scary your first time, um, but if that's the case, uh, please please come back. Mm -hmm. uh, we promise it gets hopefully more comfortable mm -hmm. um, and 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 fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's one way to get involved. There are also uh, parody scripted readings that we do. Um, sometimes we do TV episodes. Uh, most often we do uh, movies. Like right now we're doing uh, The Goonies, and that'll be. Uh, the week after Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. uh, and I think the week after that as well. So I think the twenty fourth and the first are those episodes. Cool. And so, or the, is that episode of the movie? My brain is not working now. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And then, okay. so yeah, improv. Feel free to come in and join us, or or come to see a show and see, and what, see is... what we're all about. And that's located at uh, nineteen ten Haskell Avenue right now. Um, so there's that, and then. What is, am I right? I think Jason said, between the liquor store and the methadone clinic. That is correct, <laughs> which is like the perfect space. Because not only will we, we find, and I was listening to that episode, it's a great way to uh, supplement, you know, alcohol is not necessarily always a solution and, and things, this is, laughter is the best medicine. Yes, honestly. absolutely. Um, and so it's such a great thing and it's convenient for us so we can uh -huh. get more alcohol. Um, and we have, uh, you know, uh, Beer and and food for donation as well. Uh -huh. Tickets are about seven dollars and fifty cents a piece, so cheap and it's fun. It's great for a Friday night, and mm -hmm. we have other shows now. Uh, a new talk show called uh, the Guild's uh, the Guild's Guide to the Good Life, which encompasses every subject. So uh, it's now uh, the first half is any any questions you have, any any uh, stories you want to talk about, those kind of things, and the second half is primarily about sex. Uh, it was actually originally the Saturday Night Sex Show, but we've moved it to Fridays now. Um, and so, any it can be, and those you can, if you come to the guild, uh, we'll have a couple of buckets set up for that kind of thing. And so, we have uh, one that you can drop in questions or stories or anything you want about anything in life, uh -huh. and the other one is all about sex. So, and we've got some really crazy, wild. Uh, which is the the last show that I did? I I did my first uh, sex show the other uh, a couple weeks ago. Hey, mom! I did my first sex show. <laughs> I did, and it was beautiful. Uh, no, uh, we ended up having to talking. It became a very lube heavy show. Uh, there were a lot of questions about lubrication um, and what something about ripe bananas. I don't remember what that was about, but um, so it, it's just. <laughs> 
weird random things like that. Uh-huh. Any questions you have about sex or confessions uh-huh. or stuff like we'll uh-huh. talk about that or anything in life that you want to talk about uh-huh. relationships, uh, work, anything. Uh-huh. So it, it's it's becoming a thing. So that that's now the Guild's Guide to the Good Life on Friday nights All at right. uh, ten thirty. Okay. So and cool. then I'll be doing any other production that I can get my get myself into nice, uh, nice. after all these shows. Hopefully so. including Rocky Horror next year. Hopefully so. Again in that's October. A, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And yeah. it's one of those characters that I, I love I love playing. Cool. And it's such a, like, I have so much less work to do than everybody else in that show. <laughs> which is kind of the nice part about it because I only have my one song, which is granted, I have no breath after that show, after that uh-huh. song because there's, there's really no breath marks because it's meatloaf. And so... <laughs> Um, but it's such a blast to be able to do that. And then I, you know, sit back and sing background on everything else. So the rest of the show. Nice. So, um, yeah, if, if you didn't get a chance to see it this year, you missed out because we emptied up a step from last year and mm-hmm. everybody in that cast, Michael Deaker, uh, uh, Sky Reed, myself, Andrew Romaley, uh, Robbie, can't remember his last name at the moment, uh, who's a KU student. Everybody in that production is just fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, so so if you missed it in 2017, don't miss it in 2018 because it's going to be happening. We hope so anyway. It's going to be happening. <laughs> it is happening. And there will be booth yeah. present. So, <laughs> and feel free to, to dress up. Because we had people asking, like calling before. Yeah, actually, like, have Do you guys fun. have alcohol? So. Cool. So look for Tim Burns and all kinds of productions. Yes. And most specifically coming up very soon this Sunday the 19th. With the, the radio Cave. brunch at Maselli's, that will be a cool thing. And Fridays at the Guild Theater Lords, you can find information about both of those on Facebook. Go, have fun. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. And thank you, Daniel Smith, for producing the show so people can hear us. Yes. So long, listeners. <laughs>